welcome to Church Experience Online. We're so happy you joined us today. As you watch this teaching video, if you have any questions or need help getting connected, please don't hesitate to reach out by phone or email. Also, our website is the best place to go if you'd like to access helpful Grow Step resources, join a serving team, connect in a life group, get your questions answered, or support this movement financially by giving online. At the end of this teaching video, you'll hear one of our Church Experience Worship original songs, and we hope this gives you an opportunity to worship and reflect on what you've learned. Thanks again for joining us at Church Experience Online. Well, this pandemic situation is, is crazy. And I actually should say that the people are getting crazy because we're all stuck inside our homes. We've been quarantined for a long time. And so people don't know what to do with themselves. They're not used to this. And so some people are taking that time and they're using it productively to learn new skills. Kind of like this guy who learned a crazy new skill. That was really funny. And, and if you have nothing else to do, you know, you can go learn to dance on a fence too. You know, we're laughing and it's good that we're laughing because we're in the middle of a really serious situation. And when things get intense, you got to relieve that pressure before it blows up. And I know that you're feeling pressure in probably a lot of different ways. And it's a little different for all of us, but I was reminded how serious and intense the situation is the other day when I, I looked into the garage of a neighbor and someone on our street I just happened to look over, and uh, he was there. He had just gone grocery shopping, and he had his Publix bags there on the garage floor. And one by one, he was pulling the items out of the Publix bag, and he used a Clorox wipe to wipe off each and every item, and then he set it on a table. And his wife would come out of the house, take the item off the table and, that was cleaned, and then go into the house. And I was reminded about how I know we're all, all trying to stay safe and keep each other safe in this time, and we've been quarantining and all that, but... But I was reminded of how some people, I mean, it, it's, an, it's a very intense thing that has radically changed their life. Having four kids, I don't have time to wash every single one of my groceries coming into the house. But it's impacted all of us differently. And it's an intense thing. It's changed our lives. And we're all ready for a change. We'd all love to go back to the way things used to be or at least close to it. But last Sunday we talked about, last weekend we talked about how the real change, the real change we want, is the change that happens inside of us. And if you missed that, I, heard, I hope that you'll go back and you'll catch up. 
But today, as, as we continue this teaching series, Kingdom Come, I'm really excited because Noel Harden is going to do a tag team message with me, and he's going to help me preach this message. And I'll, I'll welcome up, him up here in just a few moments. But, but Noel is our new worship and leadership pastor, and I'm so grateful he and his family are here. But what a challenging time to transition into a new church family when, when everyone's quarantining and you can't invite people over to your house, and you can't invite people out to eat and go hang out with them and get to know them. But I'm so grateful he's here and he's doing a great job and he'll, you'll hear from him in just a, a few moments. But, but as we continue this series, Kingdom Come, I want to talk about another aspect of God's kingdom today. And God's kingdom we've been talking about is primarily it's the rule and the reign of Christ. God's kingdom that, that Christ is reigning over. And I want you to see another aspect of that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 24. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 24, it says, Then the end will come when he, Jesus, when he, when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For he has put everything under his feet. Now when it says that everything has been put under him, it is clear that he does not include God himself who put everything under Christ. When he has done this, then the Son himself will be made subject to him who put everything under him so that God may be all in all. Talks about the reign of King Jesus, putting everything under his feet and then turning it over to his Father, this, this kingdom that he's been reigning over, and then God is all in all. And, and this is a really great and inspiring verse, the thought that there's this all-powerful God over all things, and that one day Jesus takes this kingdom where he's destroyed all enemies, put all enemies under his feet. He's destroyed even death, and he puts that kingdom into the hands of his Father who entrusted it to him. You know, that, that's good that we have this all-powerful creator God. But this God in heaven that's all-powerful, this mighty God that's over this, this whole, whole kingdom, over all things, in all things he will be. It, it says that that God, that that, that God, he's, he's something else. Isaiah 64 verse 8, it says, you, Lord, are our Father. So that, that mighty God, God that it says one day will be all in all, they'll be over everything. This, this great God that seems out there is much more personal that, than that. It says he's our father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are the work of your hand. So although we are the, the created, it says the creator is our father. Do you see that there in, in Isaiah 64, 8? You, Lord, are our father, our father. He's a loving father. And I put it that way in your teaching notes. The kingdom of God has a loving father. You have a loving father in heaven. Do you ever think of God that way? Or is he just this distant, cosmic, divine power, this creator that's out there somewhere. But think about that. A loving father. You have a loving father in the kingdom of God. First John chapter 3, verse 1 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. What an amazing thing that I'm a child, that you're a child of God. You're a child of God, a loving father. On my, my desk where I often write my messages, where I work, I have a digital picture frame. And I, and I love it because Jennifer has filled that digital picture frame with pictures of our family, various 
great experiences we've had or vacation, little moments around the home as our kids were young, even when they're babies. There's all kinds of pictures throughout the different stages on this frame. And, and as I'm sitting there, sometimes as I'm, I'm thinking about something, a picture will pop up and it will remind me of a special moment. And, and I just love that. I love looking at that and the memories that it brings. Well, well, Macy was recently uh, came over to me and sitting up on my lap, and, and she looks at the, the picture frame as a, a picture of her pops up when she was much younger. And, and this is what she said. She's now six years old, and Macy says, I wish I could go back to the good old days, <laughs> but not too far back to where I couldn't talk and where I couldn't remember anything. <laughs> so she's like, I, I want to go back. Just I don't want to go back too far. <laughs> The good old days from a, from a six-year-old, right? That's, that's pretty cool. But, you know, Macy, I've, I've been there for her whole life, even back to the point where she can't remember. Because you don't have too many memories from when you were two either, do you? You can't remember those first few years so well. And, and even she recognizes that at six. But I've been there for all of those years, and I remember holding her as a baby. I remember having to change her diaper. I remember pushing her around in the, in, in the stroller and, and latching her into the car seat and feeding her baby food. I, I, I remember waking up in the middle of the night with her. I, I have those memories because I was there. Even though she doesn't remember, I was there. And I want you to think about this. You have a loving father, a father who's been there your entire life. Even the things that you've forgotten about, the things that were long ago. He knows about the things that existed before you existed. He always has been and he always will be. He's your loving father. Think about the power of that. You're a child of God. A child of of a great king, yes, but also of a loving father. And we're a part of his family. We are family. That's why I titled this message this weekend is we are family. That's an aspect of the kingdom of God that, that we're family. Look what it says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So we're, we're a family, the family of believers. It tells us to, to do good to the family of believers. I think we should do everything we can to build each other up to encourage each other, to pray for each other, to bless each other. One of the cool things going on right now in our church, it's helping us stay connected in these times when we can't see each other in person, is we have a Facebook group for each of our three campuses. So the Wesley Chapel new campus that we're just beginning is, has their own Facebook group, and the central campus here that we've had for uh, several years now that we have a Facebook group there where people are connecting, and, and, and we've kind of got a Dunedin campus group going, and, and both of these campuses, by the way, this is still new to us. You've been hearing us talk about this merger. We're going to continue after the pandemic to continue the four services we had on this property. Just now we just kind of changed some names and, and updated some things and, and hopefully improved things pretty significantly that you'll experience, but We'll still have the same two services in the chapel building and the same two services in the auditorium building, but now one church, one church instead of two different local churches, one church with many experiences. And we're excited about that. But each of these different groups of people that have relationships with each other have been, have been serving together and loving on each other. They each have their own group on Facebook. And this is something I want to bring up because it's so cool. The other day I saw somebody had something they wanted to give away. And they posted it there on the Facebook group, and they said, hey, if anyone wants this, you can have it. It's yours. And I thought, what a, what a cool example of what it looks like to be a part of a family. Hey, I want to bless you. I want to help you. Is there, is there anything that I can do? Man, I have some extra I want to give to you. I want to help you. And man, do you need a hand? Let me, let me come give you, give you a hand and help you out. 
I just saw recently someone posted on one of these groups a prayer request, something that was going on in their life, a very personal thing, and they were vulnerable, and they said, hey, here's what's going on in my life. And a whole bunch of people just started lighting up that comment just with different, hey, I'm praying for you. I'll be praying for you. I'm thinking about you. You know, if you need anything, I'll reach out. It just, I love that. That's what it means to be a part of a family. And so in your teaching notes, the kingdom of God contains a family. So we have a loving father, and we're part of a family. Ephesians 2.19. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Wow, we're a part of God's household. We've been adopted into the family of God. When we place our faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins and we receive him into our life, we go beyond just generically believing that there's a God, but we personally develop a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. We get adopted into his family, into his family. So we're part of, it says God's household. Like think about that, we're, we're part of his household. How amazing is that? So we have a loving father, and we're part of his family. That's part of what it means to be a part of the kingdom of God. So so how do we do that? And what does that look like to be a part of the family? Well, Pastor Noel Harden is going to come up here. And and, and Noel, man, I'm so excited you're here, man. It's great to be here. It's just awesome. And and, and your family, too. I mean, your wife and your your three kids. uh, I've just grown to love these guys. And and now, welcome to our church experience family, man. Yeah, it's such a privilege to be here. I appreciate you having me here today, Brandon. How's it been transitioning in the middle of a pandemic? Oh, man, (laughs) you can imagine. It's fantastic. (laughs) It's absolutely awesome. It'll be nice when you can actually get to know people better. So much, yes. But we're having a great time. It's so awesome to be here. So many wonderful people. We just love it. Well, man, this is the tag. This is You're up. I want you to tell us a little bit about what it looks like to be a part of a family, what that looks like. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Man, I'm so happy to be here, and we're just so grateful that our family has um, been connecting with church experience during this time of the COVID virus and stuff going around. It's just a wild time. But, man, I really love what Pastor Brandon said, that, that we're all a family. And we're not just a family, we're in God's family. And God's family is a kingdom. And it's a kingdom that's not of this world because in Ephesians it says that before the world was even created, he was thinking of you. He was thinking about you before he was imagining what the stars would look like or or how he was going to form the earth or all the planets. God was already thinking about you. See, family was what God had in mind before the creation even came to be. That's the family that we get to be a part of. And he handpicked you. He handpicked you before creation. I just want you to take a second, and whoever you're right next to, uh, whether you're, you're in your car right now or perhaps you're in the living room, whoever you're right next to, I want you to look at them or text your friend and say, you were handpicked. Go ahead. You were handpicked. You were handpicked by God, and he loves you so much, and he's so thrilled that you are a part of his family. Now, there's something I want us to remember today. This is crucial. There's something about God, and I think most of us know this, but it's mind-boggling to me. It's just mind-boggling, and here it is. God is eternal. He literally, (laughs) he has no beginning. He has no ending. He is everlasting. And if he is everlasting and you are in his family, hey, we're talking long term. If he calls you son, he calls you daughter, he's calling you son and daughter forever. And that is a long time. And that's the first point I want to share with us today, that family in God's kingdom is long term. 
Family is long-term. And when I think of the word long-term, the, the, there's, a, there's one word that comes to my mind, and that is the word endurance. <laughs> a couple years back, Rachel had a friend. My wife, Rachel, had a friend that convinced us, or convinced Rachel, then Rachel convinced me to go on a mini marathon. And that's 13.1 miles. And for some of you, you've probably ran full marathons and, and that's nothing to you. And uh, I know that Rachel has family members that actually run a hundred miles. This is true. Some people out there actually will run 100 miles straight, two legs, 100 miles. That's insane to me. But for me, 13.1 miles was a long way to run. I've never done it in my life, not that far, not consistently. Um, but someone once told me that, hey, you know, it's not so bad. All you got to do is, is just build your endurance up and just run six miles. So if you can run six miles before the race, your adrenaline will kick in and, and you'll be able to run the rest of it. Because six miles is, is about, you know, halfway, 13.1. And you know what? I worked my way up and I got to running six miles, but I never, I never went beyond that. I was just trusting what the guy said. And it was race day and we get there and we're running and running and running. It just seemed like it was never going to end. And uh, somewhere around mile nine, something happened my legs decided to stop having any kind of feeling. <laughs> Perhaps you've experienced this before. But at mile nine, my legs just kind of started giving out. And I had to mentally tell myself to keep on going because I refused to walk across the finish line. I'm just a competitive person. I didn't want to walk across. I, I, I didn't want to take a breather. I didn't want to take a break. I wanted to be the guy that says, hey, you know what? My first mini marathon, I actually ran the whole time. And uh, But at mile nine, I had to tell myself, keep on going. And I think there's sometimes when it comes to the family that we got to tell ourselves, keep on going. Sometimes you got brothers and sisters that are down and you've got to tell them, get up, keep on going. We're in this together. We're in this together. And sometimes uh, we have a mountain in front of us. And that mountain looks impossible. And you might be in the middle of one right now. But let me tell you something today. Let me give you a word of encouragement today that God is not, God did not put that mountain there. God is not asking you to build up the mountain. God is using that mountain to build you up. He's using the mountain to build you. And when your legs start giving out, it is time to step it up. It is time to say, I've got to keep going and I'm going to cross that line because I'm in this for the long term. I think uh, this is interesting. Google. Google has a definition of the word endurance, and here's what it is. It is the power of enduring an unpleasant or difficult process or situation without giving way. And I know that all of us have had difficult moments or difficult processes, or perhaps some of us right now are in a difficult situation or with someone or something. It's something that we all go through. But the Bible encourages us. It encourages us in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36. It says, you need to persevere. This is God's command to us now. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will, you will receive what he has promised to you. And another translation, it says that you have need of endurance. Why? 
Because God sees the whole picture. He sees the long term. You only see the now term. You see your past term. And guess what? The devil loves to remind you of your past term. And he likes you to worry about your future term. But God is right here in your present term, and he's in the long term. He had your back in the past. He knows where you're going, but he is right with you right now. If you're next to someone, I want you to remind them that you're in this for the long term. God's in this for the long term. Jesus said in John 16, 33, He said, in this life, in this world, you will have trouble. Aren't those encouraging words? (laughs) They're honest words. Because we have trouble. We have trouble in life. But he didn't stop right there. See, Jesus knows the full-term plan. He knows. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. If you're in the middle of that mountain right now or you're in the middle of that difficult process, take heart. If you know someone and you've got the strength to build them up, you've got the words of encouragement, tell them, look at them in the eye and tell them, take heart because I know someone who's overcome what you're going through. He's been there. He's done that. He knows the long-term plan and he can get you through it. Family is long-term. Family is also about sacrifice. (laughs) Right now, uh, the whole world is experiencing uh, sacrifice. This COVID-19 thing, man, this this is crazy. Life is not normal anymore, and uh, we're having to make some unique sacrifices. And one of those is uh, um, how we go to the grocery stores or, or through the fast food. It's just there's a lot of changes. And so one thing I think uh, uh, sacrifice, what we don't like to sacrifice is, is our time. Uh, we, we really, I, I think most of us really have a struggle with, well, I, I, I'll do that later. I don't really want to do that because it's, it's my time. It's my time. Um, recently, I uh, went to Chick-fil-A, which, by the way, Chick-fil-A, uh, go ahead and raise your hand if it's your favorite. Go ahead. Go ahead everywhere where you're at. It's okay uh, to like something that's the greatest, uh, the greatest fast food. Okay, that's just my opinion, just my opinion, but, but it's true. Uh, <laughs> so recently went to Chick-fil-A, and what I like about Chick-fil-A, uh, about my personal experience, is not so much so that the, the customer service is the greatest, and it, and it is. Their customer service is awesome. But man, it was, they're lightning fast, now, how many of you have been, you're hungry, and you're driving down the road, and, and you see um, a lot of people going out and eat at fast food, especially now, and you see one line of cars wrapped around most uh, buildings. You're like, nope, not doing that, not going there. That'd take forever. But you see a double line of cars wrapped all the way around Chick-fil-A, and you're like, yeah, that'd just be five minutes. I'm just going there. It's true. It's true. I think we have a picture of that. or You just saw that. Uh, but the, these guys are so fast, and it, it, when we want something, uh, we want it now. And so I'm delaying going to this restaurant over here because I want to go to the double lane uh, Chick-fil-A because they're going to be fast. And the reason is is because I like my time, and we all like my time. We have a hard time to sacrifice our time. Um, something else I want us to think about is 
when we consider family, it's a personal sacrifice of my time because it takes time with the more people that are involved. It just takes more time. Uh, Imagine this with me, okay? Imagine a curve on a road, and it's just you, and you can ride a motorcycle. You have your helmet on. (laughs) We're going to be safe here. Now, imagine a second scenario, a whole bus filled with all the people you love and the people you want to invite on with you. Now, which one of those can take that curve faster? Well, the motorcycle can, of course, but it's just one person. It's just one. But the bus has way more people on it and getting to the same destination. There's an African proverb that goes something like this, and I enjoy this. It says that if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. We were never meant to be alone. When God made Adam, he didn't just stop with Adam. He said that's the first time that the Almighty God said it's not good for man to be alone. And when he made Eve, he didn't just make women. He made community. He made us to be together and see we're unique. And because we're unique, sometimes we have to sacrifice my likes and my desires and my time for the sake of the family because it's not about being a motorcycle and seeing how fast I can get there. It's it's saying, I want my whole family. I want my whole family to come along with me. I'm going to slow down. I'm going to invite them. I'm going to pull them on board, and we're going through this thing together. I know I can go faster alone, but I want everyone to come with me, and we can go far together. I want us to laugh together. I want us to go through the trials together, and sometimes I'm going to need someone to pick me up, and sometimes you're going to need me to pick you up. We need to go through this together, but it takes sacrifice, and we've got to be willing to sacrifice. Hebrews 13, 16 says these words. It says, and do not forget, don't you forget to do good and to share with others. For such sacrifices, God is pleased. See, sometimes in relationships that it takes a little bit longer. But sometimes we get hurt, confused. Sometimes we have conflicts along the way. It just happens. It's just how life is. And it's in those moments that sometimes the enemy might sneak in your mind and say, you just need to step out or kick them out of your life. But God's word is encouraging you that it's in those moments, in those seasons, in those times, wherever you're at right now, do not forget Don't you forget to do good and share with others. It didn't say who. Everyone. You share. You do good. Why? Because that is the sacrifice that pleases your heavenly father. He's in this long term, and it's going to take some sacrifices, but he's got your back, and I know that others have your back, and, and you need to have someone else's back as well. You know, God set an example for us of what a sacrifice is. His name's Jesus, and in Romans 5.8 it says, God demonstrates his own love for us. He demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for you to get it all together. He didn't wait for you to hurry it up and, Be as fast as I am. 
He didn't wait for you to apologize. He didn't wait for you to make things right. No, it says, while we were still sinners, that means we were actually enemies working against God, against the heart of God, against the one that wanted us to come on with him. We were against him. We opposed him and our sinful nature. But it was while we were sinners, his word says, that's when Jesus came. That's when Jesus saw the diamond in the rough. That's when Jesus said, he is mine. She is mine. And I've been thinking about you since day one before the beginning of time, before all of creation, before I was conceiving the stars in the universe. I was thinking about you and I want you so bad that I'm going to sacrifice for it for the long term. What an example. He didn't wait for us to get it together. And we need to follow his example. And we don't have to wait for others to get it together. Don't forget to love and to to share, to do good. Sacrifice, family sacrifice. His death was the pathway to his victory, and his sacrifice was the gateway to our salvation. Sometimes we we need to just die to ourselves so that we can help others so that we can help others get through their, their pathway, to help others win, to help others cross the finish line, because we're not in this alone, and we were never meant to be. It says in John 15, 12, 1 through 14, my command is this, this is God's command, love each other as I have loved you, because there's no greater love, greater love has no one than this, to lay one's life down for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. God's, in God's kingdom, family makes sacrifices. I'm willing to sacrifice on behalf of you, on behalf of you. Are you willing to sacrifice? And not just because someone did something good for you, but maybe while they're still sinners. Maybe while they're still an enemy against you. Do you still love them? Can you still love them? You can love them with the love of Jesus Christ. Next, this family is caring for each other. Write that down in your notes. Family is caring for each other. Now, years ago, we lived in Indiana, and uh, our in-laws lived up there nearby in this neighborhood. And uh, frequently, we would take the kids over there, and we'd go visit. And uh, there was always this woman walking around. And every time you passed her, and, and this is a large neighborhood, but... She was always walking. She was walking this whole neighborhood like every day. And, and my in-laws, Larry and Denise, they said that, that she, this woman walked this neighborhood every single day. And every single time that I'd pass her, she had this big smile on her face. And she would wave. And I have no idea what her name is. I never got the chance to meet her. But like she, every single day she was out there walking and she was smiling and she was waving. And if there was people mowing the grass, I would see her over there waving at them. And I'd see her waving at people up on the porch. And she was just overflowing with so much joy. And she also had someone with her every single time. And what I learned was is that that person with her was her husband. Something was unique about her husband. He had an injury years past, years ago. And that injury caused him to be disabled. He, he was completely paralyzed, and he was mentally impaired. 
and she was walking him every single day. Now, I can't imagine what it was like when this injury occurred. I can't imagine what, you know, one day they're out having a great date, and now all of a sudden date nights are different. Now all of a sudden having dinner together is different. Conversations at home are different. See, a tragedy happened. A change happened. Something rocked their world, and but she's still taking care of him 24-7. And every day she would be walking him, pushing him along, and she would just be smiling, so filled with joy and exuberance. You could just feel it. She was caring for him no matter what. See, love for her, family for her, was long-term. Family for her meant sacrifice. Family for her was about caring for others no matter what. And she was so filled with joy. Sometimes I think some, we go through changes or difficulties, and when bad things happen to us and, and our knee-jerk reaction is, and I know it's hard, but sometimes I think that we get stuck and being negative or, or complaining, and, and, and we feel like we will never be the same again, and, and, and life's a drudgery, and, and that happens to us. We can't control what happens to us, but we can control our response to it, and this woman chose joy. Family was long-term. Family was, was making sacrifices. And family was caring for someone else no matter what. Romans 5, or sorry, Romans 15.1 says, We who are strong ought to bear the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. And I love how the message paraphrase says this verse. I want you to listen to this. Those of us who are strong and able in the faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter, and not just do what's most convenient for us. See, strength is for service, not for status. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? Today, I want you to ask yourself that question. Think about all the people in your life not just the people you love now. I want you to also think about the ones you love and the ones maybe you don't know. Maybe your next door neighbor. Or maybe you have people in your life who, who are actually adversaries and they want to see you torn down and, and they're working against you. I want you to think about them too and ask yourself that question. How can I help? Well, I know Jesus helped me. He was thinking long term and, and he sacrificed it all for me. And he continues in the moment by moment to care for me, even if I, I can't feel it now. I know he's working. He's caring for me. But now, if he's in me, and his love is inside of me, how can I help? How can I use the areas that I'm strong in to help up my brothers and sisters who are weak or in their failings, or, or maybe a mistake has happened uh, or maybe they did something intentional against me. I have a choice to get bitter or to get better. I have a choice to be angry and resentful, or I have a choice to allow the joy and the love of Jesus to fill my heart 
past my understanding, past my emotions, but I'm going to choose this day. I'm going to choose joy, and I'm going to start asking myself the question, how can I help? Because I have a God who's thought about me before the beginning of time, who, who thought about me for the long term, that sent a son to die for me. What's the least thing I can do to step it up and to help? How can I help? I know it can help with God's grace at work inside of me. So today, I think it's time to start accepting that I'm in this for the long term. I think it's time to, to, to accept that I've got some sacrifices I need to be willing to take. I think it's time for some of us today to step up our game and, and how we care for others and, and how we just think about others and how we choose to spend our time don't settle for the quick and the convenient. Don't be like the motorcyclist. I'm just in this by myself to see how fast I can get through this. Let your heart be filled with the love of Jesus who died for you. And he didn't stay dead because he rose again so that you can have resurrection power to love even your enemies and exude with joy everywhere you go, no matter what change happens to you. I just want to take a moment and celebrate being a part of God's family right now. Go ahead and celebrate being a part of God's family because he loves you. He's been thinking about you before creation. He sent his son for you, and now his spirit lives in you. That's worth celebrating about. Now, perhaps there's some of you that want to be in that family, and you can. Maybe today's the day that you're saying, you know what? It's time for me to lay down my life and surrender to Jesus Christ because I want that. I want to be able to love like I never have before. I want to be able to care for others, even the ones that are against me. I want to be able to forgive. I want to be able to get through this mountain because I know that God is for me. Maybe that is for you today. I want to close with this verse. This is from John chapter 1, 12 through 13. It says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. Today, you have the opportunity to be born into a kingdom that never ends. It's in it for the long term. Will you choose to accept? Let's pray together as we close and, and ask God's blessing in our lives and the lives around us. Lord, we thank you so much that you love us and that you're for us. Thank you so much that you, your love is eternal and it's long term. Thank you so much that you set the example for what it looks like to, to sacrifice and, and that you call us to do the same, that we can sacrifice for others on behalf of them and help, help each other out. Lord, I thank you that you enable us to care. And, to, and I just pray that you fill us up to care even more than we have before. Lord, for some of us today, we're, maybe we're not a part of the family and we want to be. And if that's you right now, if you're desiring that right now, you can be. I just want you to say these words in your heart. Lord, I repent of my sin, of all my failings against you. 
And Lord, I just turn my heart and my mind and everything, and I lay it at your feet, and I just give it to you right now. I give it to you right now, and I believe in Jesus' name, and I believe that you came and that you died on the cross, and I believe that you rose again and that my sins are forgiven, and I receive your forgiveness today. I receive the forgiveness of my past, and I'm going to let it go and trust in you, and I'm going to trust in your resurrection power, and I'm going to receive that today, and I'm going to receive the Holy Spirit today to be the guide of my heart and my life. And for those of us who have this, Already, for those of us who are in the family, we celebrate you, Jesus. We celebrate you, God, and we love you so much, and we're so thankful for all the ways you love us, and you've never stopped. Fill us this day so we can help the family. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. Well, I hope you have a great week. It's been such a privilege to be here today and to share God's word with you. I hope that you feel encouraged. Now go and be the church. Thanks for joining us at Church Experience Online. Please don't forget to check out the website if you'd like to get more connected, learn more, get your questions answered, or support this movement financially. You're now going to hear a Church Experience Worship original song, and we hope this gives you an opportunity to worship and reflect on what you learned today.
fighting for me you were drawing us near invited to your kingdom living in your freedom in love you came